This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Coming up on the podcast today, a very crazy week in the NFL. Free agency has begun and the league wasted no time making big moves. I'm going to have recurring guests, my buddy Joe, Joe from New York City, Buffalo Wins on Twitter. We'll talk about it all. Buffalo Bills, of course, made big moves, especially the trade for Stephon Diggs. They retooled the defensive line. Tons of Bills stuff to talk about with Joe. We'll also go around the league, talk about some of the bigger moves. Tom Brady, obviously, being the biggest one going from New England to Tampa. I'll get Joe's thoughts on that. We'll also have a conversation, of course, about the coronavirus continues to dominate the world, change the way that we're living. I'll find out what Joe's been up to in New York City. We'll have a conversation about our favorite AP sports writer, hashtag rock and roll, tons of other stuff with Joe. I'll have that for you in just a few minutes. Before that, I want to let you know that today's show is being supported by Audimute. For nearly two decades, Audimute has set the standard for providing cutting-edge acoustic treatments for recording and sound environments. From your home studio to commercial settings, such as the office, restaurants, gyms, and auditoriums, Audimute is the best sound treatment company out there. That's because they refuse to compromise on the quality of their products and service ever. Easy, green, affordable. My home studio has Audimute acoustic panels, and the difference has literally been remarkable night and day. Look, don't just throw up foam on your walls Decide it looks pretty and call it a day. It might look the part, but it's not going to improve your sound. Visit Audimute.com for info and deals, including a free room analysis form and the ability to speak with an acoustic specialist. Do your sound. Do the people who hear it a very big service. Go visit Audimute.com. And on that note, let's do it. If you're a loser, tune in and you'll be a winner. It's the Moranalytics Podcast. Talking Buffalo sports, Yankees, WWE, 80s music, and pop culture. And now, here's your host, Patrick Moran. All right, everyone, how you doing? What's going on? Episode 205, Moranalytics Podcast. Thank you, as always. Yeah, yeah, I know. Thank you, everyone out there, for listening downloading the podcast it means a lot to me you already hear him in the background running his yaps i got my buddy joe from new york city on buffalo wins on twitter listen all seriousness we're gonna mess around like we always do on this segment but you are in new york city and obviously right right at the top here this coronavirus is no joke you're in the big city things are going down all over the world the country and especially in New York City right now, I'm here. I see Governor Cuomo literally every day. First of all, how are you doing? And how's it like in New York City right now? I think you could bring a little bit of a 
different perspective than myself or most people from Buffalo who listen to this podcast? Uh, it's nerve wracking. And I'm sh- like, I'm basically confined home, uh, confined home. Basically my job is letting us letting basically the majority of people work from home. So that's always good. Uh, but I'm, I'm shooting my pants and this is coming from someone who a lot of times, Pat, like I don't have this like worry of, Oh, like something bad's going to happen in terms of like this or just fear mongering. Like, I don't get into that. Like, I'm just like, whatever. And you know, when this started kind of coming about the, the virus and all that sort of jazz, you know, I, I definitely, when I heard about it back in like what January, I was definitely in that, eh, you know, it could be just like the flu. It's just whatever. I was probably in that boat. And then the last couple of weeks, it's obviously been like the shit has hit the fan, especially here in New York. And it's scary here because unlike everywhere else, New York City is, there's so many people here and everyone rides together. We ride the subway together. Right. We, you can't go anywhere outside without there being people in your way. And, you know, I, on the subway, it is packed, like packed to the gills. So it's much easier. And that's probably why there's more, there's more cases here than anywhere else. Also, because they're testing here more, whereas there's places in this country that aren't even testing because they don't have tests yet. But like here, it's just a lot easier to get the virus here because just of, of what's happened. Cause you know, it's been what a week and a half, two weeks since like we found out like the first cases came through here and we don't even know how long people have had the virus for who the hell knows at this point. And like, you know, symptoms are all over the place, but here it's scary. Like it's, it's, you know, I, I'm sitting at home working. I get up, I, I go shopping for food, you know, maybe every three, four days. I never usually go out to get food and bring it back here or, or like go shopping at the grocery store. I'm usually the guy that goes out and I'm like, okay, let me go get a sandwich at this deli or I'm right. going to go hearing and I, I eat out. But Most I, I single men. Yeah. You're the typical yeah. single male. Sure. Exactly. But like this time around, I'm like the hell with that because I don't want to go into these places and, and kind of wait for my food and have people make my food. I don't know if they have it or whatever the case may be. And I, and then you're going to these stores, these grocery stores, which, you know, around my area, there's about five or six grocery stores. They're not, they're like the best way to compare it. It's not, they're not Wegmans size. They're basically like dashes or, a smaller version of like Wegmans, you know what I mean? Like half, like a third of the size. And those places are always freaking busy. And like, there's no toilet paper there. There's no, any of the soaps or whatever. So I have to go usually to avoid crowds. I go like at 1130 at night because they're open 24 seven. And, you know, I went there yesterday and there was like two loaves of breads basically. So it's just, it's just, it's scary. I mean, we can't, we can't go into a restaurant. You can't sit down and order food. I mean, I know it's like that in Buffalo a little bit, but it's scarier here because, again, we all we've all traveled together. We have all been exposed to pe- each other's you know, germs and everything. It's not like Buffalo where you get in a car and you drive to your job and like maybe you're in a cube where you're not surrounded by people here in New York. You are going through people left and right. Share volume day. of people. Right. And plus, people come from New York from all over the place. Even I'm sure, sure what's going on right now. People, not everybody. I mean, it's getting better, but not everyone's adhering to what they're supposed to do down here in Florida just recently as a couple days ago. In fact, it was all over the news on TV. These stupid idiots down here in spring break are partying up on the beach, not even worried about it. Now I'm sure again, New York city, biggest city, best city in the world, man. People are coming down to New York city because they already had plans to, who knows who has what and what's going on. And you said it, the subways, the streets, I can't even imagine how 
crazy busy it is, you know, in New York compared to a place where, say, let's just say some areas of Western New York, where if you want to, I don't want to necessarily say quarantine because anyone could stay in their house. But if you venture out of your house and you go to Tops or Wegmans in Buffalo at certain times, or if you walk around your block, you're going to be all right. But New York City, it's just not like that. Yeah. And, and here in New York, look, we're a melting pot and we're proud of that. We have people from all over the world who live here. And I'm willing to bet a lot of people the last month and a half have traveled, you know, people like tra- traveling, like pe- relative, people who are like, let's just say they're, they're, they're Italian immigrants and they lived here for like 30 years. There's a good possibility that if they're from Italy or anywhere, they could have went to Italy the last month and a half to just visit their family. And sure. they could have got the virus there and come here. Same with Chinese people. Like we have, this is a multicultured area. I, I cannot, it, like it is, it, it's, it's the biggest melting pot in the country by far. Okay. It's not like Buffalo where Buffalo, it's like, okay, it's no offense to Buffalo. It's very white in Buffalo for the most part. You know what I mean? It's like you're Irish Italians. You're not going to have too many like, you know, Asian people or whatever. Like, and, and like here, that's why I love New York a lot. Cause it's a multicultural area. And I love, love that. But like I said, people, when this whole thing was starting in January, were probably come, traveling to like, you know, parts of like Asia or Italy. And like, it's, it's, that's where it, it just kind of like, you know, it can be a little bit scary and daunting, like, cause there's more people exposed here. And then you have like, obviously, you know, and I'll get political a little bit here. I don't care. Like the government has not done a good job. I mean, the federal, the, the state government has been fine, but we know that the guy in charge of the country has been horrific and acted like nothing was going to happen a week and a half ago. And then all of a sudden the shit hits the fan and there's not enough tests. I saw that in Buffalo, polling cars said that they, I think he reported yesterday that they don't have enough tests. Like they ran out of tests or something like that. Let me, let me, let me tee up something for you, Joe. This is something sure. I never do on this podcast. I'm going to tee this right up for you. You know this. We've talked about this on Facebook and off air several times. I don't talk politics generally on this podcast. However, when you say that, you're right. This is something that's been going on for a while. And as recently as a week ago, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I was still doing everything I normally did, was not worried. And the reason is, and I'm going to put the finger on Donald Trump in this case, at least anyway, he was giving off this impression like it wasn't a big deal. Everything's under control. At one point, he even called it a hoax, but I don't want to get into that because then we're straying kind of off point here of what I'm trying to get at. My point is this, the leadership does just like sports. I mean, this is a sports podcast and we always talk about leadership that starts at the top. Well, this is the country that's going on right now, and he's the leader, and I was not worried about it because our president was led us to believe that this was nowhere near as big of a deal as it turns out that it is. We are definitely, be, I'm, again, I'm no expert. I'm not going to be on CNN anytime soon or Fox News or anything like that, but I do know this much. We're very late to the party in taking these precautions and locking things down and doing things that we need to do, and it kind of seems like we're paying for it already. Right. I mean, look, the president's an idiot. He's a piece of shit. I don't care. You can bleep that or take that out. I don't no, really I'm care. Gonna leave, but... I, I'm going to leave it in. Okay, yeah. Well, he's an idiot. And he didn't care. He thought it was a hoax. He thought it was just fear-mongering by the Democrats to try to crap on him. And all he cared about was his stupid stock market. And now the stock market has plummeted because of this, this virus. Look, all he had to do at the end of the day was he needed to look a month ago at Italy or three weeks ago at Italy. Italy is not, is a country that's not, when you think of like disease countries, we'll just say, and I don't want to get too much into trouble. You don't, you think of sometimes like, oh, this like third world country where it's like, there's no, there's no hospitals there or something like that. You know what I mean? 
Italy is not that. It's a fucking like a regular like country that you know you if you if you're naming if you have a country draft you're probably that, that's in like the top 15, 20, probably like oh hey you know, they got big cities there whatever there it seems modernized whatever you know what I mean and they got their asses handed to them by this disease. I know firsthand. My mom's family's from Italy. She's from there. Her her siblings, my mom's cousins, all of them have been in lockdown. I have a second cousin who has the coronavirus, and I, I don't know her that well because I've only been to Italy twice. I don't know her at all, to be honest with you. But, like, she has it. Like, I've heard these horror stories from my mom, like, panicking and being, like, telling me for weeks, like, this is bad, this is bad, you know, because she watches the Italian news on, like, her, her satellite dish or whatever she has. So, like, if my mom knew this was bad three, four weeks ago, and my mom is not like she's a, a woman who is 70 in her mid 70s. She barely she speaks half English. She's got a second grade education. And she could tell me like this shit looks bad. But this fucking idiot president couldn't do that three, four weeks ago, a week and a half ago because he was too stupidly closed minded. He wanted the stock market to keep going. And all he had to do at the end of the day was just set up a bunch of fucking tests. Get tests like a month, a month and a half ago. Like tell the freaking we don't even have this council or whatever. The, I forgot what the council was. He he abolished it like a year and a half ago so he could create space force because we need to go to Mars to see if there's fucking potatoes up there or Matt Damon's up there. But like he could have had a billion tests ready a month ago and like hey let's just have these tests ready so when people are sick and like they have like the only way you could get a test right now in New York City is if you have flu-like symptoms, you have a fever, and you have, cr- and you have evidence that you were, you were either in Europe at this time or China within the last, the last two, three weeks, or you know you were next to someone or with someone who had the virus. That's it. And it's like, come on. Like, how, how do you not realize? Again, I just spent t- five minutes telling you how you walk into the subways and there's people everywhere. You do not understand. People sneeze everywhere. People are sitting on a packed subway car for a half fucking hour, like next to each other. You're like squished. Like this was happening for weeks prior to it really like shitting the fan. It's just a a disaster. And if anyone like elects this fucking idiot again off of this, I mean, come on. And I I know that people are going to fall for it. And he's going to try to act like he was Dustin Hoffman outbreak and or whatever the fuck that movie was. And he like saved all of us and his network and his cronies are going to be like, oh, without him, we would be dead. Like. Just wake up. Just wake the fuck up, people. Like, I, it's, I'm sorry. It's just, it's just ridiculous that we have to go through. I'm, cor- I'm in a hot apartment right now. It's nice out. I can't go on any freaking dates. I can't go to a bar. I can't do anything. I, I may not be able to do anything until June or July. There is no WrestleMania. There is nothing. We are fucked right now for the next three months. And I can't even go outside to go and, like, have a drink. You know, I can't do anything. I got to sit here. And that's how it is right now in New York City. And maybe it's like that in Buffalo. I don't know. Or Florida. It's getting People like look- that everywhere, bro. It's getting like yeah. that down here in Florida, it's too. It's here. It's there, fucking terrible. There's it's no sucks. tests available in Erie County. I've, I saw that. I read that today. Yeah. They've run it's out just, of tests. Yeah. It, it's scary. It's unreal. It's unreal. And, and, and the thing is, real quick, how am I supposed to have faith in this? In this, the president, the VP, these idiots? You, I'm going to have faith in them to, to guide us out of this? Like, what are you kidding? Like, I... I I don't, I don't even have to live through the last three years of how pathetic it's been and how nerve-wracking it's been and how upsetting every day is that we have this guy in, his, in, the, in power and his, his cronies in the office. I'm going to have this guy, like, he's going to guide us into a, out of a health crisis when he's got speeches where he's, like, lying 
And he's like, oh, I got my corporate buddies here. Here's the CVS CEO, which, mind you, I remember he did that last week. He had the CVS CEO there. So we're like, oh, yeah, we got, we're going to get – I don't know what the hell the CVS CEO was there for. But basically the reason why he was there was CVS – gives a lot of money to Trump through his campaign. So I'm I guess the wall I guess the Walmart CEO doesn't do that because he had to have the CVS guy there. And who the hell goes to CVS anyway? You know, it's just it's just ridiculous. It just sucks. I swear. Like like again, if we go if we, it's it's just it's just appalling. It's well just appalling. like I said, I was gonna tee you up, man. You definitely did not disappoint there. I'm not gonna it's I'm not gonna life. go and I'm not gonna life. I know it's, it is. Look, I'm not gonna go all the way life. in with Donald Trump, but like I said the one thing that's not even, you can't even sit there and debate this. This should have been something, self-quarantine, testing, stuff like this is something that should have started at a minimum weeks before it did. And that's not even, weeks? again, pro-Trump, pro anti-Trump, that doesn't matter. That's not even a debate. We're behind the eight Dude. ball and we're already starting to suffer. Which, by the way, and for people out there listening, this is very serious matter. And I think it's a conversation that needs to happen. Yeah. I know this is a sports podcast and we are definitely going to talk some football because that's literally the only thing going on right now. But I couldn't, I'm not going to go on a podcast right now, have somebody from, especially who's in New York city, who's living this in the biggest city in the United States and, and not have a discussion about it. It's very scary times, dude. And I mean, look again, going back to sports here, 10 days ago, business is normal. Look what's changed in 10 days. Forget restaurants and bars for the sake of this particular discussion. Sports are gone. They're gone. Look at the NBA. In fact, we're taping this Thursday night. It's about 8.22 right now as me and Joe are sitting here taping this podcast. Just alone in the last two hours, three people on the Philadelphia 76ers staff have been diagnosed with coronavirus. A player from the Denver Nuggets has been diagnosed with the virus. Two Los Angeles Lakers have been um, diagnosed with this virus. And now um, Marcus Smart from the Boston Celtics just came out and said that he was... Dude, that's like over 10 players in the NBA that have contracted this in right. less than 10 days that we know about. They're still testing and there'll be more tests. That's a small sample size. What's there, like 350 people in the NBA, maybe total players? Right. And you're talking double digits already. And this is in 10 days. This shit is fucking scary, man. And think and think of where they got them from. It's not like, I don't think they were traveling to Europe during this. Right. I don't think those players were like in China or on a cruise ship. They were just doing their own thing. You know, and that's the thing that sucks. Like right now, I can't go back. You know, I'm working from home remotely. I have like a freelance job that's going to end sometimes in April. And like my industry has been affected by this in the TV production industry because shoots are getting canceled and all that sort of stuff. But like I can't even really go back to Buffalo and stay there for three weeks because I could be carrying it. And that's the thing. Like it's basically if you're full, you could have just blue light symptoms or have a cold. And some of these players that have gotten it, they're like, yeah, I have like some. It's not like they're dying. They're not like in. They're like bedridden. It's because they have it, and they're the, the the degrees of like where it can really mess you up is where if you're older or you have respiratory issues, and that's why everyone has to stay like me. It's easy to transport. Like me, you know? exactly. I have I have COPD. I don't know who knows that, but I'm saying it right now. I'm in my late 40s and I have COPD, so it's very scary for me. I think at every at this point, everybody needs to act like they have it, even if you don't. You know what I mean? Stay away from yeah. people, do what you got to do and, and self-quarantine. And again, we're not going to sit here and give everybody a lecture. Everybody should already know what they had to do. I was just pointing out what a scary ass time it is and how quickly this thing is spreading just among the NBA. And if it's like that, God only knows what's going on 
right. around this country. You mentioned and Italy. Again. By the way, I also saw on CNN that for the first time, Italy has just surpassed China in deaths with this virus. Yeah, it's terrible. And again, you may, you're, you're right. You could have it because, again, there aren't enough tests. Erie County ran out of them. You know, and it's and again, I I got I was sick. I've been kind of sick the last week and a half. And again, I, I it's, you know, I, I was scared a little bit. Like I had a little bit of a cough and like, you know, sure. a little congested. Like, I don't know. And like I, I went to a doctor like a week and a half ago. I went to my doctor because she they're down the street. And I was like, look, I was panicky. Like, I don't know if I have this like, a, you know, in terms of that. And they're like, no, you probably don't have it. But they, at that point, they didn't even have the test there at this. And this is like a nice doctors this is like a, a full-fledged like six floor like medical center that has doctors in it and they didn't even have the test there you know and they, they, they could have you know they probably shouldn't like i was, it was like having a fever but again this is the problem we're having this is where the government could have done a lot better with this M- a month ago had tests ready just in case it got here and instead it's just it's just the same shit that we always do he's gonna he's gonna blame china for this and and make it into this a sort of crap and it's just it's just embarrassing it's just it's just i i can't even fathom it and and i don't care i'll, I'll freelance i'll freestyle a little bit here and then that's like then and then we have an election like i don't even know how we had like a primary that just passed tuesday for the democratic primary in states that basically are in lockdown where i saw one picture of like 100 people waiting to vote in a basement and i'm like how the how in the f is this healthy like you have a lot, you're supposed to be, not, you know, whatever, what's, what's it, social dis- distancing and you're right on top of each other. And for this to happen, I'm just, it's just, it's just appalling. There's, it's such a trickle down effect of like government of what the hell are we doing? The viruses. It's just, it's just, it's just pathetic. It's I, just like t- 2020 sucks. I think at the rate this is going and the numbers rising and we're hearing again, more and more cases in sports, in the big picture, sports doesn't mean shit. I understand that. However, these are names that are recognizable. And you know it when Tom, it started with Tom Hanks. You know, when, yeah. when recognizable names get something, it matters more. It, it just does. Anyway, my point was this. This is dropping on a Friday morning. Who knows? A week from now, things might be so different. Like right now, bars and restaurants are closing. You can only have 10 people in or in some places, you can only have half capacity. I, I kind of feel like within the next week or so that just everything is going to be on lockdown. We might be we might be headed towards a, a complete lockdown. Let me ask you something. I want to kind of finagle what's going on in this world. Also, with a little bit of sports, kind of combo the two here. And I'm again, I teed you up with Trump, which I'm starting to regret that a little bit. And I might regret oh, this one, too. And maybe Whatever. I don't. But let's talk about the Bagulas right now, because that's been a controversial topic in Buffalo a lot of organizations, not all, but a lot of organizations have been offering to pay employees because obviously the games, there's no games going on. So arena employees are not getting money. A lot of players have stepped up to support them. A lot of owners and a lot of organizations have. However, the Sabres are not among them at this time. Now, they put out some statements, fancy wording, saying if the games get canceled, these people will still get paid. However, the games are not canceled as of now. They're postponed, and I think the Sabres had at least one and maybe two home games that these play, these employees who would have worked that game, at least for the time being, haven't gotten paid. What's your thought on that? I'm pretty sure that it's not going to be favorable towards the Bagulas, but I'm going to ask you that anyway because it's kind of, it it bothers me. Yeah, it's 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 messed up, and it's messed up 
for a few facts. First and foremost, let's look at how many leagues are paying their 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 employees money right now. Because like the stadium people and all those sorts. Of, like a lot of organizations are doing that in the NBA, NHL. They're raising money for them. The Sabres haven't done anything. They they released a stupid press release that had a, a lot of you know big words about loving each other, family, and it it didn't have what we all were talking about, which was what about now? And listen, these people, for the most part, they're they're being affected greatly because I'm going to assume you know, and I and not all of them, but some of those people, those are part time jobs. The usher, the the person that's doing the beer the beer stands, you know, that's doing the merchandise table. These are like part-time jobs for them where I'm going to assume their skill sets are mostly in the food and beverage industry, right? Like it just makes sense. Like maybe that's what they do during the day, you know, and guess what? The food and beverage industry right now is at a standstill. Like it's not good right now. It's not good if you're a waiter, a server, you know, a cook. It's not good right now. The Pagulas have billions. They're worth $5 billion. Okay. Like this is not... This is not hard to comp- compute. Pay them now, and if the season gets can, if the season comes back, I don't know what you would do. Maybe like give them a bonus if they work those games, or maybe some people would work for free. I don't, I don't know the 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 nuances of it, but it's much better than this because these people are counting on this money, and it's just a just it's a nice gesture. You're getting killed. You the whole year you have the Pagulas have had a horrible year. In terms of public relations, especially with the Sabres, it's been a disaster. Like, here's your, your moment to shine. Like, just, I, I think it's something like, maybe, I, I saw, I think The Athletic had an article from, like, the Blackhawks, where I, I think it costs about about a quarter of a million dollars to, to basically, like, fund the arena employees. So that's, like, five games worth right there that you're paying about a million and a half. That's, like, 70 bucks to the Pagulas. It is not a big deal. Just pay them, okay? And the thing is, I've heard from people. I know, I know. Vogel actually had tweeted something on Thursday where he had not heard. He he's got his his sources, which are like people who work there part time, and some of them haven't heard anything at all. And that's that's what I heard from a, a friend of mine who does work there. You know, works part time, hasn't heard anything from them at all about makeup games and nothing. And let me explain this to you very quickly. This is the NHL. The NHL makes their money based off attendance way more than the NBA way more than the NFL because the NFL NBA have TV deals. Those team, they could, they could probably cancel those seasons in the NFL NBA and they will still be in the black because of these TV deals, shoe deals, everything like that. The NHL does not have that luxury. They have a $5 TV deal. I don't think anyone has an endorsement, you know, or anything like that. They're, they're a freaking nickel and dime organization. They're the TNA of, uh, you know, impact wrestling of the, the, the four major sports. So I guarantee you they are going to wait until the last possible second to cancel games. It could be in July. They could be having the Stanley Cup playoffs in August and then right after freaking Ryan O'Reilly raises the cup and, like, goes around the ice and he probably can't touch, touch people because of the stupid virus, the next day there's going to be training camp. That's what they will do because they need to make money off these games and because of that your part-time people may not get paid at all from the looks of it because they're talking about i know the nba was talking about coming back in june or whatever these part-time people let's just say the hockey league follows that suit what they're not going to get paid until until june it's just like come on like all these other leagues smaller franchises 
smaller markets are doing this and you can't do this. Like, and you, you've had the year of like the Pagulas with fake jerseys and pissing off Dwayne and all this freaking rigmarole and you can't do this for people's lives. It's just pathetic. And tell me this, like when was the last time, like the Pagulas, I was trying to figure this out. Like a lot of rich people, billionaires, they have like charities, like, you know, Ralph Wilson had his charity, you know, Jim Kelly has Kelly for kids or something like that. I don't even think the Pagulas have any sort of charity. Like they just give money to teams that they are genuine, that they own. Like if they own the product, oh yeah, we'll put money into it. But they're not like giving money to charities. And I, I find it very odd and weird in a way because usually you do that. I mean, even if you don't care, you do it as like a tax write-off at the end of the day. But like they don't even have any of that. And it's just like you can't – and like I, I don't know, man. I mean they, they're just very disconnected. Maybe they think like their part-time employees are like working at Geico and – or making sixty thousand a year, and they don't—they're—they're they're at the arena doing the beer stand because they want to be a part of the ambiance of being at Key Bank Center, you know, the, the place where you can watch shitty hockey. So hey, yeah, let's let's just—that's what the, that's what they think. Like they don't need this money, and they're just going to tell their landlord, "Oh, hey, don't worry. Look, I'm not working. I, I don't need this money." And maybe at the end of the day, it's not that much money for these people. You know, maybe it's only four hundred dollars. Uh, you know, out of five, maybe they only make a hundred dollars. You know, after taxes for a game. You know, or after five games or whatever. I don't know. But, like, just do it. You look like assholes. Everyone's picking on you. Just do it. I mean, go drill another oil well, for God's sake. <laughs> I'll tell you what. The one thing that you said to sit out to me, and by the way, before we started taping, I'm still, I'm a little bit under the weather, so. It's my that's, show it's, today, It's people. Joe's show, basically, today. So I said, listen, man, carry as much of the conversation as humanly possible. Usually I would interject a little bit more, but I kind of, plus you're on a roll. You got some good rants going today. The one thing that you said that really stuck out to me most is about having a chance to shine. And whether it's a, a major NHL franchise or a pizza place or wherever it may be, a store during all this, this is where I feel like how companies act and how businesses act right now with everything that's going on, I think should affect the future once God willing that everything is good again. And I'm talking about, again, in your local neighborhood, are these pizzerias treating you good? Are they lowering their prices? Are they offering you free delivery? Are they doing their part? Are stores price gouging? Are they staying open? Are they accommodating old people, giving them a chance to come in where it's safer to shop, you know, like early in the morning, stuff like that. I feel like things that go on right now, while the country's a little bit down and out, I is how people are going to treat these places when everything hopefully someday is back to normal. And again, I'm not going to profess to be an expert on it. I can't sit there and give you a list of what teams are paying their employees and which ones aren't. I know the Sabres have drawn a lot of criticism locally and nationally for this decision. And if that's how it's going to be, hey, you know, I'm kind of disenfranchised with the Buffalo Sabres organization to begin with because of Pagula and some of the things that have went on with the Sabres and is is being absent. And we've talked about that several times on this podcast. This is only adding fuel to the fire as far as I'm concerned. And I think they're turning off a lot of fans. And I don't think it's going to be forgotten anytime soon at all. Either the Pagulas are broke because, I mean, look at how many gaudy things they have they have built, like downtown. Like the that the Labatt Blue House. Uh, the the seven one six bar. You know they bought the Amerks. They bought like all the they bought the the buttes or whatever. I know they don't have them anymore, but they bought in. They bought so many things, and you can't even do this, like for your people. Like either you just are just so 
again, you're so naive where you think these, these people don't need the money and they're just at the, they're at the arena just for fun. Or you're, you have lot, you, maybe you're in the red and you're looking at, you're viewing it in a, look at how much money we put into Buffalo and maybe we're in the red because of this. Instead of just like, Hey, why don't you just go and like, you know, open up your piggy bank into like fracking and whatever that you made and, you know, destroyed the world basically probably because of fracking and just give those people money or, you know, don't, don't have all these ventures for your kids that aren't very good either that they probably don't make. Well, let me ask you this, Joe, right now you're in Queens. I don't know your neighborhood whatsoever, but let's just pretend you have two pizzerias. I'm I'm sure it is. Let's pretend you Mm -hmm. have two pizzerias nearby. You have Donnie's pizzeria and Lucy's pizzeria and Donnie's pizzeria is not doing anything different. Their prices are the same. And because of everything that's going on and a financial recession that's clearly taking place because some people are losing their jobs. Money's obviously tight. People can't pay shit right now. Lucy's Pizzeria is lowering their prices. They're offering free delivery when they didn't before. They're doing things that are helping take care of people during a time of need. When everything's back to normal, I'm pretty confident that you're going to go to Lucy's Pizzeria and say piss off to Donnie's Pizzeria. That's kind of where I'm at right now when it comes to the Buffalo Sabres and more specifically to Bagulas. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. And again, Maybe there's some details that me and you are not privy to, and maybe something under the tables went on. I have no idea. But the way it seems to me on the surface, I've, it just it's not something that I'm going to forget about when everything is cool again. And this and, is not nothing me, to do with hockey. Go ahead. And let me add this to – well, I'm going to make it a little bit about hockey. If Donnie's Pizza is the pizzeria that hasn't done anything, I would also consider it that Donnie's Pizza is the pizzeria that has had a shit product for the last 10 years like the hockey team has been. So there is no goodwill with you because it's like your product sucked before. It sucks now, and you're not helping anyone out with it. So, uh, yes, I would go to Lucy's uh, because of not just a discount, but because your product, for the most part, hasn't been very good. So it's just, it's just like I said, they couldn't, they couldn't mess this up even worse than they have. And I, I, I honestly sometimes think that they may uh, – you know, I don't know how many – we know we've talked about this before, how like there's the Twitter world and there's the real world. Like on Twitter, people are pissed off about this very much so. I don't know if Joe Schmo, who does not have a Twitter account in Buffalo and doesn't like, you know, live on social media, even knows about this. You know, how many media outlets are the only guy that has done a lot about this and bitched about this has been Vogel. Am I wrong? Am I, has anyone else like really put up a stink about this? From the media, no one I know from the media. And by the way, good for John. Yes, John, this is obviously something that has triggered John. And John, John Vogel doesn't strike me as a guy who's very much like, uh, he doesn't have like the hot take of like, this is awful. Like, you know, he's not like the Harrington of hot takes, if that makes any sense. He's very straight and narrow down to the point. He is pissed off about this. And he's the only person that has made an issue about this. I've listened to WGR this week a bunch of times I have not heard them mention this at all. Now, I've seen some of their radio people retweet stuff about this, but they haven't mentioned it on the radio. Okay, I don't have to, I don't have to be a freaking explorer to, to try to, to, to guide you why that could be the case. That they'll retweet stuff on Twitter about this, but I have not heard one thing. And maybe I'm wrong, and if you're listening now, anyone, and goes, oh, hey, at this, at this, at this 5 o'clock hour, they mentioned this on Tuesday, I've listened to a lot of it because I'm quarantined at home, basically, where I can't move. And it's like, all right, I got to listen to something, you know, while I'm working. I have not heard them mention this at all. I think that's kind of a peculiar thing. You can, you can, uh, you can put two and two together on that. 
Well, that, I'll that, tell you what, Joe, let's kind of transition in the sports with this. So this will be a sports take between this, between the team not being good, which by the way, I, I think I saw if there is going to be an NHL season. And honestly, given what's going on and the rate this is spreading, and again, we're hearing about more and more players, literally not even by the day. Now it's becoming by the hour with things going on. I'd be surprised if there's any more hockey at all this season. But let's just say if there was, they were talking about a 2014 playoff. And even if there is, the Sabres are in 25th. So even if they have 24 teams, the Sabres still in the playoffs. So no playoffs, no matter what. You combine that. Can you imagine between what we're, what's going on right now with guys not getting paid and with them not making the playoffs, and then if he doesn't do anything and Jason Bottrell's back again, and let's just say this team starts out maybe like 3-7 and seven next year, forget it, mail it in. You may get rid of the team at that point because you're not going to have any fans left. I mean, you'll, you'll have like a 5% fan base at that point. Dead serious. Imagine how many people are being affected by this crisis. How are they going to affect or like just being affected by like their jobs and making money? How do you think it's going to, do you think they're going to want to have, they're going to want to have season tickets next year? Like if, if it's bottle again and it's like, uh, you know, and they, that's how it is. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to buy this. They're not going to sacrifice anything to get tickets like they would in the past. Hell no. I'll say yeah, that. Dude, there, there'll be freaking dollar tickets on StubHub, you know, if that happens, especially with the way the economic impact is going to have on here. I can't think of, I can't think of many people who are going to make a lot of money during this, you know, during this whole thing. Cause everyone's hurting for the most part. So I yeah, just, gonna, I can't think of an owner. Better. I just can't think of an owner that's more disconnected to their fan base in sports than Terry Bagula. Now, I know James Dolan is the worst owner in sports, at least when it comes to the Knicks, but at least he's engaging to the fans. At least he talks, even if maybe he shouldn't, but he does. Bagulas are just completely disconnected from this I fan think base. Just in a, I think they're in a bubble. I think the people around them in that organization tell them everything they want to hear instead of what they need to hear. I think that's why they've had so many people get fired. It I'm not just, talking about like, you're right. Uh, you're right. You know, I'm not talking about like Lindy Ruff or whoever, Tim Murray. I'm talking about like, a lot of suits there have gotten like the axe there. Maybe some of them deserved it. You know, it seems like recently, like if you're if you're having affairs with people at the office, you know, that's like how you're going to get fired. It feels like. But like, point being is like they've had a lot of people that they have like thrown on their asses. And it just goes to show you though how important it is to have the right person running the organization. I'm talking about from the sports side, not from the business side. The Sabers. Forget the business aspect, forget their attendance figures, forget the jerseys, the back of the numbers, the slugs, all that crap. I'm talking about the organization, the way the team is. They stink, okay? They're, they're terrible, which and now the Bills, and let's talk about the Bills. Thank yeah. the Lord, it's not like that on that side. They got a very good front office, headlined, of course, by Brandon Bean, which is kind of leading into what I'm getting at. I'm not going to go through every free agent that's been signed. Everybody already knows about it, plus I talked a little bit about it on Tuesday, and also, I had a segment on my YouTube channel where I talked about some of these additions. So we're going to not go through all those again. Although I will say this, on Tuesday's show, it was kind of weird. I, I told you this before I started taping. I had Greg on the show, and we were having a conversation. We were talking about the offensive line, and literally, we were taping at 10 o'clock at night. As we were about halfway through the show, the Bills traded for Stephon Diggs. That news broke, and we had to react kind of on the fly. So that was crazy. Hopefully, that doesn't happen in the next half hour while we're talking right now. But regardless of the players, I mean, Stefan Diggs, of course, is the big one. I feel like this team officially, at least in my opinion anyway, and this is what I'm going to get your take on, they've activated, they've broken that glass, and they've hit that win now big red button. They've smashed that button as far as I'm concerned because, 
I mean, three big things off the top of my head. A, you don't trade the first round pick of your draft along with three other picks, four total, for an established number one wide receiver. And you don't give a 32-year-old pass rusher like Mario Addison three years and $30 million. And you don't, before free agency even starts, go out and sign a 32-year-old former All-Pro cornerback who, over the last couple of years, at least anyway, has been washed up. Talking about Josh Norman. These aren't the moves that you make if you're in any kind of rebuild mode. This, to me, is a team that thinks that they can win right now. Tom Brady, of course, is now out of New England. They've also, besides Brady, they've lost some other key free agents already. A lot of people think the Bills are the favorite right now in the AFC East. Point being, do you think this team is now officially in we're going to win this now mode? Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. of course, man. This is, And it should be. Like, it is year four of the McBean regime. Like, it is time. You know, I think it's, it's funny how, like, it all, like, changed a little bit as we got. Like, we, we entered this offseason, and it was like, oh, look at the Bills. They have all this cap money. And then, and then like, that first, like, six, seven hours of free agency, they weren't doing anything. And you were, and I could see, like, Bill's Twitter was trying to justify it and say, like, oh, well, you know, they got, they got to save their money because they got Matt Milano coming up and Trey White and, you know, all these other players coming up and, and deals. And then boom, like the Diggs deal happens, and then all these other they they. How shocked were you when defense. that happened? How surprised were you when you heard about that? The Diggs deal, I was pretty surprised because I was definitely in that mindset of they're just going to tweak the roster a little bit, like they're just going to add. Me too. Like you know, a couple of you know, a couple of two year contracts, get some guys who are you know not sexy, like kind of in that a little bit of like like a little bit of what it was like last year where they got a you know. Mitch Morris was like the big, the big thing. I was gonna say without Mitch Morris, but a lot of like the John Brown, Cole Beasley type deals. And again, like John Brown was great this year, but like you know those type of deals. Diggs, he's a legit, he's a star, he's a legit player. They have not had a hundred a hundred catch receiver since Eric Bowles back in two thousand two. Okay, and this guy had it what two years ago with Kirk Cousins. Yep, and he's he's legit. He reminds me a lot of Eric Bowles actually. I think of him as like a really pound for pound, a good route runner, a guy that could go deep. He can go underneath. He could do everything. Like he's a jack of all trades guy. And I cannot wait because look, I'm an offensive guy. Like that's my. I want offense. I have been. I have been salivating since since they got rid of Sammy Watkins. I have been sitting here going, "Where is my number one wide receiver? Where's the guy?" And I've talked about this on the podcast. Where's the guy that I would draft in a fantasy football league? within like the first 10 picks or the first 10 rounds, excuse me. And the bills have not had that at all since Sam. And you could even say like Sammy was, even, wasn't even that guy, but like they have not had that. This is a guy who is a, like his stats say so I had it. I, I clocked him myself. Like since, since he's been in the league, he's in the top 13 and, and, and he's basically in the top 15 in yards receptions and touchdowns yeah and let me add to that in terms of the stats you you were just talking about it last year and a lot of critics are saying you know he had an attitude problem with minnesota he wasn't getting the football yeah which i don't care none of that means nothing to me but here's my point despite all that shit where he went through a stretch where he wasn't even getting the ball much he still had over 1100 yards and nine touchdowns last year he still had that on a on a quote-unquote bad year right and he had a slow start because that was when he was a very slow start of the year and then he had the Giants game where he he was he blew up you know I remember that game he had like three touchdowns in that game but yeah he's and and he did that in an offense that's look the the the, what the hell the, the Gary Kubiak's office is not a pass pass happy offense it's a very 
you know, 50, 50, like we got to run the football more, you know, that's, that's why, uh, this past year, I had their I had their running back on fantasy. Who's who's the Vikings running back? Delvin Cook, and they also have a very good receiver in Adam Thielen too. So they kind of had two number one wide receivers. Exactly, exactly. So they but they're a running football team, and Cook was a monster for me. But like, he's not going coming to a team that I kind of feel the Bills are built more to pass a little bit. I mean, look at their wide receivers. They got three. Like, give me that three wide receiver set, man. Where it's like it's Cole in the slot, and you got Brown and Diggs on the outside. You got Singletary lined up. I would like a little bit of an upgrade on the tight end. I'm not as sold on Dawson Knox as everyone else is and Aaron and Croft. I, well, I would prefer another guy, to be honest with you. I know that the, 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 the free agent list isn't that appealing. Like, it's like Ebron's like the next, the best guy out there right yeah, now. Yeah. I, nah. I would probably take, I would take Ebron over Croft, though. Like, I would, but they already reworked Croft's deal, so we know he's there. But I would take Ebron over Croft because Croft, I just, I just have no confidence in him staying healthy. But, you know, I digress. But, like, basically, like, you have Diggs here. You have an offense. There's no excuses for Josh Allen next year, man. Like, there's none. I mean, like, obviously, it'll be his third year. He's probably going to get the majority of his rookie year or whatever, like, his, or his, his rookie contract here. But, like, there's no excuses skill-wise. Well, I let's get to right that. Now. Let's get to that because that's where I was going with this. So, we talked about the offense. They have a... They have a trio of very good receivers, and I wouldn't be surprised if they add to that room, whether it's somebody in the draft or another free agent. The offense is good. The defense, they lost Shaq and they lost Jordan Phillips. At worst, they adequately replaced them. Mario Addison, Quentin Jefferson, and Vernon Butler. The defensive line arguably was even better. They went out and they got Josh Norman. They got Levi Wallace back. This team, again, if you're in win-now mode, you got a quarterback who's going in the year three now, Josh Allen. The first year, complete lack of talent. I give him 100% of a pass in 2018. Last year was kind of like the growing pains year. He did lead him to a 10-6 and six record. He got him in the playoffs. He was up and down. That's not disputable. No matter what side of the fence you fall on, pro or anti-Josh Allen, I think we'd all agree that it was an up-and-down season for him. But now he's got the tools. He's got the experience. His offensive coordinator did not go. He was up for head coaching jobs. Didn't get him. He's back for a third consecutive year now. You hit the nail on the head here. This is Josh Allen's make-or-break year. To me, year three, I'm kind of looking at this roster, and I think of it like the Chicago Bears in the NFC. I think the Bears have a Super Bowl roster in terms of talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They have Allen Robinson. They have a lot of good offensive players, but they got mediocre quarterback play from Mitch Trubisky. So they underachieved, and now what did the Bears do just this week? They go out, they trade for Nick Foles. If Josh Allen, and I'm not saying, I don't want you to necessarily predict if he's going to or not, but if Josh Allen, let's just say he's leveled off, okay? Let's say he's almost reached his ceiling already. If he has a 2020 like he had in 2019, next offseason, are the Bills looking to move on? So you're asking if he has the same year that he just had next year? Yes. Is it time to maybe not necessarily no, not, go out? They're and, not going to move. No, they they will move on from him. I think they're going to have him. They're going to have him for the five years. I really okay. Uh, unless he, maybe unless not he, move on. Maybe I'll not move you, on. Hold on, I'll, hold on. No, Let no, me I'll, cut you off here. Not move on because I'm not saying the Bears have necessarily moved on from Mitch Trubisky, but they have Nick Foles there. I think that's going to be a legitimate competition. Josh Allen is going to be handed the starting quarterback job this year, as he should. But let's just say he doesn't play any better this year. Should it be the same next year, or should you be having a guy who could push him and potentially take his spot in year four? It depends on how his numbers are. You know, like if he if he's if he's barely getting to 200 yards passing again, 
then yeah, you could you could maybe bring in another guy, like a veteran guy, or maybe even draft someone like in the fourth round. Not a Matt like, Barkley. I'm talking a legitimate guy who could no, start I just in the sleep. Like yeah, I said like get a get a veteran backup or a guy like you draft someone in the third or fourth round, like in 2021 or whatever to put pressure. I, I mean, I think you know it, it depends like what his his like if he has the same numbers. Yeah, it, it, you might want to like have someone maybe push it but I, I feel like they love him so much I feel like with Trubisky Trubisky again like he was inherited by the coach like the coach isn't exactly enamored with with Trubisky because he wasn't there when he drafted him right so I think that there's a little bit of that nuance there whereas here they 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 picked him they wanted him he's the freaking you know the child you know the the, the whatever he's like the chosen one uh but I'll say this I think the guy who was in a make it or break year next year it's it's Dable if he, if the offensive coordinator does not get this offense like humming in the top like fourteen in scoring, I would say or twelve or whatever the hell, he's going to be on the chopping block, you know. And and again, look, he was Dable was all right last year. Like there were some things I wasn't a fan of. Like you know, he at times like didn't run the football too much. He didn't run the football when he should have, or his he wanted Gore to be involved more and. You know, things along those lines. I mean, it wasn't, like, horrible, but, like, at the end of the day, they did not score that many points. If they go into next year and they're, they're again, in that 20th, like, scoring output, he's got to go. And that's that's who I think is in the – you want to – I don't think it's make it, break it for Josh Allen. It's definitely get make, make the next step or out. Like, you got to make the next step for – I think it's make or break for the offensive coordinator. If he if they don't evolve and go back, he's he gets axed. It, you know, he's the one that gets gone. There there will definitely be he'll be gone before they bring in competition for for Al. All right, let's say they cut. Let's say they get rid of Dable. Let's just go through a scenario where you trade. You're already firing Dable already. No, Jesus, no, dude. I'm not. No, I'm not. But you just traded a first round pick and three others. You go and get Stephon Diggs. You got Josh Allen going into year three as a starter. And even if you give him a tiny little bump, last year he threw for just under 3,100 yards. He threw for 20 touchdowns and nine picks. Let's say he throws for 3,300 yards and 22 touchdowns. And maybe even if he keeps these picks right around the same, although he got, he should have threw more last year, but he only ended up with nine. Let's say he's just right around that. Basically he's last year all over again this year. And the bills say they win nine or 10 games because I do think they're a very talented team, and I think New England is on their way down. More on that in a second. But if that's the case, I'm not good anymore with handing Josh Allen the keys to the offense in year four if he's no better this year. I've been patient with him because I think he deserves it. I think it was unfair. I think he was against the eight balls, a rookie. He should not have been starting. That was more an organizational failure to have him out there before he was ready. This year, he had good receivers. Well, he had two good starters, not too much after that. But this was his, you know, hey, kid, let's learn how to play football this year. And he did. Now, next year, you got to be better because you're building a team. We just, we both agreed this team is built to win right now. We both agreed on that. They're built, this is a win now team. So if you're not winning and your quarterback's not playing well, you shouldn't get that well, fourth or fifth year. That's, that's the thing. If they, what if they win 10 games next year? Like they did this past year. Look, I don't give the offense that much credit for what happened this past year. That offense was not very good. Outside of like three or four games, like the two Miami games, the Dallas game, I was not blown away by that offense at all. Okay. They won 
this past year, a main reason was because of the defense. Yeah, they that were mediocre. They so, I agree. Yeah, but I'm saying like next year they could be ten and six because the defense. The defense may have gotten better. You know, even I, you know, I like Shaq, Shaq Lawson and Jordan Phillips. I like them a lot actually. But you know, the new guys they come in, it might be, you could make the case that those new guys they brought in the defensive line are better, and they could be the same defense again, and then they could they could fart their way into a ten and six record. Again. So you want your quarterback to just not lose the game? No, of course not. But I'm saying in terms of what the Bills may think, if they win, they may not have that pressure of, oh, man, we really got to get this guy going. They'd be like, hey, we won, we won 10 games. Like, do we really have to bring in another guy to make it uncomfortable for Allen? I would give Allen – look, if Allen had the same year this past year, which I thought was below – it was slightly below average, I would say it's kind of – and that's be, me being kind of very nice about it. C-minus? Macedo is C-minus? Yeah, like C C C minus. Yeah. Like if he's if he's that way again and they're not scoring enough points, I still think you give him you give him four years. That's like my that's how I feel about it. Like he gets four years if he's the same guy that he was this past year. Like if he falls on his face and he's and he's Trubisky like this past year, then yeah, you may have to you may have a problem. Oh yeah, if he regresses, there's no I don't think there's any question about it. But I'm not saying he's gonna regress. I'm just saying right. if he plays the same. And you said, let's uh-huh. say they win 10 games. See, this is where this is where I disagree because my expectation last year was for the Bills to make the playoffs. That's what That was my hope, and they did do that. They won 10 games. They played about as good as I realistically could have hoped they would. That was last year. My expectations aren't the same this year. My expectations this year is to win the AFC East, minimum win 10 games. Sure. And sure, do I think they're better than Kansas City or Baltimore? No, I don't think that. However... I expect to be a Super Bowl contender this year. That's my expectation right now. You look at the playoffs last year, bro. Tennessee, Baltimore's the best team in the AFC. Tennessee handled them. They were better than them on that Sunday, and that's all it takes. They were a lot better than them that one day. Houston went to Kansas City. Dude, they were up 24 nothing, and then they fucking gagged. But point being is Kansas City was beatable. They were down 24 points in the second quarter at home in the playoffs. You got to get there to, first and foremost in the playoffs to have that opportunity but my expectation is the Bills are a playoff team. They win their division, and they could go into any stadium and win. And to do that, you need to have a good quarterback. And if he's only as good as he is right now, if he's reached his ceiling, I don't want him back for fourth year. I'm certainly not going to at least hand him a starting job. Go get me a Nick Foles-type player and push this guy legitimately. Again, not my, not A.J. McCarron and not freaking Matt Barkley. Well, you know, I... I... Yeah, I mean it's 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 definitely the expectations are high. Like I definitely think they can win 10 11 games. I don't know though. I'm telling you though, I don't I still think they can win 9 or 10 games with Josh Allen playing like he did last year. So your expectations I agree with may that. be met. It may be met. I mean, look, I don't Houston, I mean Tennessee went to the title game and I know like Tannehill had a couple of good games and he was better, but like I don't know. I I I don't I don't think of Tannehill as like, oh my, they got their they got there those first two playoff wins because, you know, Derrick Henry ran for a billion yards. You know, Tannehill had, what, 160 yards his first two games of the playoffs? So they can still go far. It's, it's hard to separate the two a little bit. Like, well, you're you not wrong. Off. You're not wrong no. whatsoever at all. But Look, so, has- so what we're saying is Josh Allen should be like Ryan Tannehill. That's your realistic expectation of him is to be like a Ryan Tannehill type. I mean, he's- I hope he's not. I hope he's better than that. Look, he needs he needs to... This is what I want. I'm going to like this is what he has to get. He you're 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 putting me in a box where I have to say we have to panic if he doesn't get these numbers. I'm not panicking yet. I'm I would panic 
like the fourth year. That's where I am a little bit right now. Like it's 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 too. And again, this depends if he's if he's bad the first two months of next year. Then yeah, I'm panicking. If he's what he was this past year, next year, I don't think I'm panicking. I'm being critical, and maybe I'll be a little bit of a maybe I will panic a little bit. I don't know. It's a tough question to say, but like I just have to think of like how they'll do with the Bills. I don't. If he's like he was this past year, and they win ten games again. I think they're going to go into the year four with like, okay, hey, it's it's still Josh Allen's team. It's it's only year four of his career. He's not he's not Pat Mahomes. He's not Watson, you know. But he's he, they'll find another example, or Bills fans or Bills media will find like an example of a guy who by their four, the fourth year he it clicked for him. And you know, I don't know who the hell that is. I'm sure I can think of someone, <laughs> you know, that that like it clicked, but. I don't know, man. It's it's a tough thing. I have to look up and see what how third year guys do. I am a big historian to see what what third year quarterbacks have done the last. I'm sure I haven't. It wouldn't be unprecedented, but I'm pretty confident that it's not a very large list. To me, if you don't get it, especially by the end of your third year, to me, I don't I don't think you're meant to. That's just me. Maybe I'm wrong. Hey, though, your boy Aaron Quinn would tell you Ryan Tannehill right now. I bet you if you add if you tweeted at him right now. He would tell you Ryan Tannehill, and I bet you he would tell. And, and, Dre, and Drew Brees. And yeah, Drew Brees. I was gonna say there's definitely a there's a hand, but I bet you the list is probably small. No, no, you're right. It's very much uh, the, the the statistics do say like, hey, if you don't get it by by year three, it's definitely historically you you may not get it. I got two more things for you regarding the Bills. Both things I saw on Twitter. One of them's serious. One of them's kind of a little bit fun. Which, by the way, dude, what happened? You you were on a Twitter hiatus. What happened? Oh. It was- it was well for Lent. I decided to give up Twitter and beer, which the beer thing I have still have not had a beer. I've, I mean, I've had wine, which sucks, and I'm a big wine guy. And I've had some. I've had well. This is before the bar. That's the thing about the bar. Bar's now closing. Like, you know, I can't get a cocktail. I, I don't know how to make a freaking. I don't know, old fashioned. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. That shit. I don't know how to make that, and I can't. I guess I could get it to go, but I'm. Mean, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna take it to go and go to my apartment and just. I, I still haven't. I haven't wrapped my head around drinks to go, like legit drinks. But anyway, yes, Twitter was one of the things I gave up. Um, it was kind of tough, like the first day of it, where you kind of like I took it off my phone, like I deleted it off my phone because that's when I would usually check it. And then I didn't look, and it was but the second or third day, I was I was fine with it. Like it was like okay, I can live without this. It was tough to get news or sports news because that's where I get all my news from, just reading the feed. So I had to like bookmarkprofootballtalk.com or, you know, all these other sites like NPR for my news and all this. And that was kind of annoying. And the reason why I came back is simple. The world was coming to an end basically with this fucking virus. I couldn't go to a restaurant anymore. I couldn't watch sports. There was nothing for me to do. And I, and then one day the president was on TV and he pissed me off and I was like, I'm going on Twitter. I have to yell and like yell into the void. And that's why I came back. I came back because when I left, the world was fine. There was we didn't think a virus was coming to kill us. There were still sports. The Sabers were about to go on a run to you know to to eighth place because they were only six points out, and then they freaking lost six straight games while I was on Twitter hiatus. I'll take the blame for that. Uh, but yes, I decided to come back. I, I would definitely tell people like you should definitely you know I'm not I'm not like anti Twitter like I like it. There's some bad shit to it and some annoyances like you know Bills fans annoy me for the most part <laughs> at times, but. You know, if you if you're feeling like really crappy about social media, like you know, it's good to take a week or two off. I think it's very it can be therapeutic. It did help me a little bit. I mean, I'm not saying like I was a mental case or anything like that, but just 
it's always good to do that, like sometimes. But I couldn't at that point. I was like, I was what twenty days in, twenty five days into Lent. I was like, the f with this. We're we're all gonna die, and I need to I need to live tweet it if we're all gonna get killed by this stupid virus. I couldn't so do anyway. it. I couldn't do it. Not not without Twitter. You can kick uh-huh. Facebook to the moon. I don't care if I could text people on my phone. I don't even care if I could talk to people on my phone. You could take away any TV uh. show out there. I have a better chance of going a month without watching. Well, now it's not even a choice. I was going to say one game on TV. I can't if I wanted to. I could go a month without watching ESPN or NFL Network. I can't go three days without having Twitter because wow. it's my source for news. I'm addicted to it. I'm not even going to lie. I lay in bed. It's the last thing I look yeah, at before right. I go to bed. You just, you I get just up like, in the morning. I roll over. I grab my phone. I look and see, you know, if I got notifications, I go right to Twitter. Bullshit. What? I'm don't telling you the truth. News, no, no, no. You like Twitter because you like to tweet and have people favorite it and trolls rocking Waro. That's why you <laughs> like Twitter. People care about you on Twitter. I, I do. Don't lie. I, I do. I'm That's not lying. That's why I Facebook. Because Facebook, I can get the same news stuff from Facebook. Nah, like I, I can like, no. but like no one cares about my takes on Facebook. No. I try to like, I try, dude, didn't work. I try to be, I try to talk about politics and, and Facebook. No one cared. You're right no about one Twitter. Cared about my You're right page. about all that. However, you I'll didn't give, like any. I'll of my give you an example. I went to Walmart. My hiatus. I went to Go Walmart. Ahead. I don't care about Facebook. I went to Walmart during. I was obviously, like I said, I'm in quarantine in myself, but I did go to Walmart. What is today? We're taping this Thursday night. I want to say it was Wednesday. I was looking to find out if Tom Brady was going to sign somewhere. I know that's what I was looking for. Literally, I'm driving and I don't condone this. People should not do it. But I'm sitting there with my phone in one hand and the steering wheel on my left, the phone in my right, and I'm refreshing Twitter. I go in to get my cart and I, I have them refreshing it every single second. It's just how it is. I live my life when things are going on with Twitter. But whatever. <laughs> Again, I, I, I just have this bad habit of getting off track from Twitter. I had two topics. One of them was kind of a serious question. We just had a discussion about Josh Allen if he falls on his face. Let's just say that does happen. For the sake of discussion, forget about if they should replace him or not. If Josh Allen does not work out and he turns out to be a bust, he's already hit his ceiling, he never gets any better. Does that reflect really poorly on Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott? And let's just say the Bills only go 8-8 eight and eight this year because the quarterback plays just bad. Yes. Yeah, are they in yeah. trouble? Should Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott no, they be in trouble? They wouldn't, they're not getting fired. If they were eight and eight, I'm not saying they're going to get fired. Should they be on the hot seat well, though? What'd you say? Should they at least be on the hot seat? That's my question for you. I'm not saying necessarily should they get fired, but hey, you're the G. Well, he wasn't actually here. Yeah, he was here. He traded up. He got Josh Allen. So if he flags out, if he busts, is that just a mistake? Is that a bad misjudgment? Or based on his track record, are you like, all right, man, I'm good with it. It was a mistake. Let's go get a new quarterback. I would say yes, they would be on the hot seat for year five. Uh, it should be. Look, they traded up to get Josh Allen. They they basically, I don't care what they say, they disintegrated their roster in, in 2017 because they had wanted to to finish low in the standings so they could have a better better crack at getting a quarterback high. And they traded away the Pat Mahomes pick and the, the Watson pick and all that sort of stuff. That would look very bad on them. Now. Eight and eight, year five. Yes, they would be on the hot seat for me. Should they be fired after that? No. If they were eight, if they were four and twelve in year four, and like it was just a shit, a shit storm, and it was bad, and everyone, then yeah, you you could probably make a case for them to get fired. But if they're eight and eight, and they 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 would be on the hot seat for year five. So like, that, they've look, earned look. enough equity. They've earned enough equity that Josh Allen could be the biggest bum in the NFL next year. 
you're not firing Brandon Bean for trading up for him. He's earned enough equity in, in your book that he's back no matter what. Ditto for McDermott, obviously, too. Well, what's, you just said their record's 8-8, eight and eight, though. Uh, yeah, 8-8, eight and eight, but he's a tire fire. I don't think, I think if he's a tire fire, he's not. He's bad enough. He's eight. bad enough that come next year, Nick Foles is the no, quarterback they for the Bills. Get the, they, I, I, they wouldn't get fired uh, if they if, if he was shitty next year, They but they would be on the hot seat for year five. So, I, you look, would be surprised look, at how many years, people think he should be fired. In four years, you would fire them? No, fuck no. You'd be surprised though. You'd be surprised at how many people on Twitter and Facebook, on social media, I should say, period, have said that if Josh Allen flames out and he leaves, that they need to go with them. I'm like, you're nuts. No. I mean, it, dep- it depends. It depends. Depends. Like what the record is. I don't. I don't know. It's. I'll say it's a big. It's a big. It's a big fucking black eye for them. You know. I mean, look. I could sit here and tell you from all the the last 20 years of watching the Bills, I can make an all star team of like wide receivers, defensive tackles, defensive ends, secondary. I can say like, just look at what Buddy Nix did with the defense and the personnel. Or what Doug Whaley did with the offense, or or whatever, like you know, the, all these other players, you can make an all star team. The one thing you cannot make an all star out of is the quarterback position, and if they and and that is what Tom Mojack did bad. That's what Donahoe did badly. That's what Buddy Nix did badly. That's what Doug Whaley did badly. It was the quarterback, and that sunk them at the end of the day. That and coaching sunk kind of them, and but coaching, I think, for the defensive side is fine for now. So, uh, you know, you could see that. Look, they have to ha- they have to hit on Allen. Like, he has to be good. I mean, I wouldn't fire him. In- I wouldn't fire them into the sun, you know, after year four if, if he falls on their face and they're like six and ten. Because, look, they, they went they- – that would be two playoff years, two non-playoff years in four years. That feels fine. Like, that's passable. Year five, though, that's a big thing if that were to happen. But I think you're looking – down the road too much, man. I just want to take it. I want to take it one game at a time, one month at a time, man. <laughs> All right. Well, let me end here with the Bills question. It's a little more on the fun side. So we agree this team's built to win. I think the league agrees that. Not to mention, hey, it's a ten-win team that already they made the playoffs last year. They won ten games. And if you remember when they played in prime time Thanksgiving, they had a Sunday night game in Pittsburgh, and then the playoff game. Like they were direct. The ratings were through the roof. Having said that, next month. Maybe. I mean, who knows what's going on because of this virus, but the, um, if the schedule comes out as planned in like the third week of April, like usual, and you look at that schedule, make take a guess here. How many times do you think the Bills are going to be playing in prime time this year? Because again, 10-win team, exciting. They made a couple splash moves. They're good. And and they draw. I'm- let me let, okay, let me let me say this. I'm gonna I'm gonna say a couple of things about the, the drawing part, okay? Um a lot of that, the three. What are the three games they drew? It was Dallas, right? Dallas. It was. It was. It was like it was Thanksgiving. Yeah. It was. C, yeah. It was CBS's. I think biggest Thanksgiving game in like 15, 20 years. Now, I have to put something up there very quickly for everyone. CBS Dallas doesn't always play on CBS. Dallas can kind of. Dallas is always a team that people want want to watch. Right. Okay. So like it being the biggest Thanksgiving day for CBS in the last like. 15, 20 years or whatever it was, that's only, there's only seven other Dallas games because they alternate the networks like CBS to the Detroit game and then, and then Fox gets Dallas and vice versa. So I don't think that was like as big of an accomplishment for the Bills as like a lot of people are trying to make it out to be. I think that was more about Dallas 
than it was about Buffalo. Like, yes, they are TV ratings. Okay. People will watch it. And let me also throw this at you, the Pittsburgh game. The Pittsburgh game did really well, but, like, there were other games that season that did better than the Pittsburgh game on Sunday night. You know, I forgot what the status, the stat was. I think they were like, oh, it's the biggest Sunday night game. I don't know. Like, in I forgot what they said in, like, two months. But there were other games that had more audience. I think there was a Rams game that had a bigger audience. You know, so... I say all of this, like, I don't think, I think they're going to get maybe one to two. I was going to say, say, stop being a party pooper, bro. <laughs> first of all, that was bro, the first. Sorry, se- they're not. I don't think they're, I saw, I saw Matthew Beaumet say the other day, like, Josh Allen's must see TV. I don't think Josh Allen's must see no, TV. No, I don't, I don't people, agree with that For either. people outside of Buffalo. I mean, like, I don't think that many people really care about Josh Allen outside of Buffalo. He's, I mean, they're, they, I know he like did the flip thing in the Houston game. Well, he game is fun to watch. He is kind of fun to watch. Not always of, for like, the good reasons, you have but. To, you have to, you have to view it this way, dude. You have to view it. You have to look at the competition. Look at the competition. Tampa Bay is going to be on prime time like 75 times next year, probably. You know, I think New England's going to be on prime time. Like you got to look at the Jets. The Jets will always get that one or two prime time game. Same with the Giants because of where they are. Chicago, the big markets will always get those things. I think Arizona is going to get a freaking a couple of more primetime games because of Murray doing well his rookie year, and they got Hopkins. You have to look at the at the spread. Like the only teams that I I would say that will not that are below the Bills when it comes to primetime games, I would say off the top of my head, it's Jacksonville, Carolina probably. And who else is there? I think, honest to God, I, like, I think you're nuts. Who are the one? Tell me who. Tell I don't know who. teams specifically. I just think you're crazy. I think the Bills are a big draw. I think they had, last year was the first time they played on Sunday in, in a decade or some Pat, shit. Pat, they made the playoffs and they made, were nine and seven, and then they had one shitty Monday night football game against New England in 2018. Come I'm, on, dude. I'm they're telling not, you. They're, I got three. I'll bet you three. Let's make the over under two and a half. You said one or two. All right. You said one or two. I'm saying three. So over under is two and a half. You're going under and I'm going to go over. We're going to bet on it. Right on the air right now. One game. They'll be lucky to have one game. They're going to have three. I'm telling you, it's not, it's about markets and sex appeal. I'm going to give you, you're wrong. That's what it's always been about. Don't listen to the You you got the under, you got the under. Yeah, I'm taking the under. I and think I'm taking the over. Get one to two. They're going to have. Not only are they going to have three. I'm going to tell you right three? now. Three. What are you? I said three. 1991. <laughs> three. They're going to have at least one Monday night game, and they're also going to have a Sunday night game, and they'll find a Thursday or something somewhere. They're going to have three primetime games this year. I'm taking the over. You're taking the under. We got to figure out a bet. That's oh what. what what's the stakes? I don't wings. know. Huh? No, 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 you don't I, deserve I, I, wings. I just, no, I don't deserve wings. You no, because you're, you're not nice enough about wings. You're too general when it comes to wings. So it's, we can't oh, bet. We, we can't Dude, bet but wings. Look, go through. Go. Oh, okay. You know what? The, and I don't. I would say the Bengals, but I think the Bengals would have sex appeal because of Joe Burrow, because of him going yeah. there. Like again, I'm telling you, the, the, the I know that there were some like, hey, they had some really good records, and like, oh, in comparison, and but like, I think a lot of it had to do with like. They were inflated because of where of Dallas, because they were playing Dallas, and there was and it was that. I'm just sorry. Look, they it's just it's just a very. I think if they get two, that would be a success. I could, I could totally see them not getting. I don't I don't think they're going to get a Sunday night game. I think they could get a Monday and a Thursday night game. All right. Well, 
You got the under, I got the over. Two and a half, so one of us is going to win. We'll figure out what the stakes are next time we get together for a podcast. But it's on the air. We're recording this, and it, it can't be taken back. So we'll see All who right. wins that back. Last thing here, then I'm going to let you go. You mentioned him quite a while ago. Our buddy John Whirl, hashtag Rock and Whirl. Oh. I've had another uh, go round on Twitter with him this week. Never a, a dull moment with him. I'll tell you what, for somebody who doesn't follow me, and I don't follow him either, he comes at me still. He comes at me quite often. Like he'll not say nothing for two or three days, and then he kind of, he kind of comes at he comes at me out of the blue for some stupid shit because he's trolling, and I I called him out on it, and I can't remember what he said, but I know you saw my tweet, and I'm kind of proud of myself because. I call him a Sabres office, a Sabres front office nutlicker, late oh, n- a late night Twitter drunk, and uh, just you know a condescending prick with the personality of a, a fucking telephone pole. I hate, I I can't stand that dude. And I'm going to reiterate <laughs> what I told you. I told you this like two times ago when we talked. It's not his professional resume that I, it's not like I don't respect that. I do. In fact, I'm going to give him some. Actually, believe it or not, I'm going to give him some props because there's been as we're taping this on Thursday. There's been a lot of reports buzzing around, a lot of rumors that Melvin Gordon was close to signing with the Bills, that the Bills had an interest, and that Melvin Gordon was also interested in the Bills. Now, that very well could be true, but what I will give John credit for is he came out with a, a tweet that said, shit ain't happening, you know, and, and he's from a trusted source. I've re- I, I don't distrust his reporting. I don't have an issue with that, except I think he's a boring-ass writer, and I think, you know, sources aside— he does game recaps and news that I can read anywhere else. So, so whatever. But he's a good reporter is my point. So I've never taken it away. I just think he's a douchebag human being. That's my problem with him. He's he's always condescending. He's a prick to people on Twitter. I'm just, I'm not going to take it. I don't stand for it. So he can go piss off. Wow. I, I, I have mixed feelings. And I'm going to tell you why. I agree with everything you said. I do not like giving this guy attention. I agree. I, and here's... Here's why. I will tell you why. I made it a, you know, in terms of like my Twitter brand, I'll put that in quotes. I went after Waro from like 20, I want to say 2015 to 2018. Like I would tweet about him, subtweet him or tweet at him maybe once a week about him being a dick or whatever, like a kiss ass or like just a double standard. I'm not going to get into all those things. And then I think like one time, like in 2019 or 18, I kind of was like, you know what? I'm done with it guy like i don't i think he he loves the attention i'm telling you and that's how he is well i'm learning that that's what he wants because he's bored and he thinks it's good for his brand that you don't like him and it's again it's it's he doesn't get that it's like it's go away heat you know what i mean it's completely go away heat like it's not like howard stern saying controversial things or mike harrington saying controversial things or whatever pick your bit you pick your you know skip bayless whatever this is just you're annoying, go away. And he thinks this is good for his brand. And I just, You're I right. don't want to, I don't want to give him attention. Like, look, I will go into some bad habits sometimes and making fun of him. Like I did, what was it? Like three weeks ago. I forgot what he said. Uh, it was when he was, he was kissing Jason Botterill's ass for something. I forgot what I said, but I was like, really? Like he was, he, I think he was bitching about him, tweet about him, about people making fun of Jason Botterill in, in like, being upset in the Ottawa game when he was in the press box and like Warrow had some sort of, all right, you know, how would you like it if you were video? Like something stupid. I was like, whatever, stop, get your head out of his ass. And even after I tweeted that about him and and subtweeted it, you know, I felt like stupid. I don't want to give this guy attention. Like he just, 
he's not worth it. And like, I, hey, look, if you, I get you because you, you have fallen into, you have recently fallen into this rock and roll. I'm shit. rock and roll. Holy shit! Yeah, like holy shit, Warro's an asshole. Like you, you have come <laughs> into this into this world within like the last month and a half. I've been in this world since like, like I said, twenty. I, I can tell you when the first time I thought he was an idiot, it was when like he was. He was tweeting about Sam Reinhart being like a disappointment to the Sabres organization one month into the season. And like he was very whimsical and like wouldn't tell people what they were. And he was trolling people. And I was like, who the hell is this guy about? And like he ended up telling people what they were where they were worried about, which was basically his scouting report, which would be like it'd be like, hey, the Bills are, are concerned about Josh, Ac- Josh Allen's accuracy three weeks into training camp of his rookie year. And it's like, oh, of course they would be like everyone said that was his issue. So. You know, I digress. Like that's it's been a while that I have had this long, you know, battle with him, if you want to call that. And now I'm just like I'm over it. Like it's just like he. I don't follow him. I'm like, you know, it went from a hate follow. I don't follow him either. Yeah, but like, yeah, you. But you're like, look, I get it, dude. Like people don't like, like people don't like the dude. You know, I get it. But like, it's just like, and look, like I said, absolute, get it out of your system. But I'm telling you, within like if you like, it took me three years to really be like, okay, I'm done. I'm done telling everyone how big of an idiot this guy is and all the things he does. Like I, I think I, I have less respect for him than you actually do of him. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, with you. But I don't like, know about that, dude. No, I have no. I don't think he's that that great of a reporter. To be perfectly frank, but well, I, he does I, come up with be... something every now and then. I, I'm not going to completely take that away. But it uh, all started. It whatever. all started think... on Wednesday, dude. Marcel. Louis Jacques from ESPN had reported that Mario Addison was going to sign with the Bills. I actually, I think that was either Tuesday or Wednesday. I can't remember. I think it was Wednesday. And I made a comment about the AP. Well, it's not official to, to John World confirms it. And, and then I said he'll stick a credit to Marcel like in his fifth paragraph or some shit like that. And then John made a comment about the AP asked them to do that in the second or third paragraph. Like, like why? You want to bury the person who actually credited so that's how it all started. He goes, but of no, course, I I, he says, I, I, of I've, course, I've, he tells me, of course, you wouldn't know that. So that's when I came yeah. at him. And I said, I said, does the AP also ask you, and I'm reading my tweet here, to be a oh Sabres front office nut licker, late night Twitter drunk, shitty music loving, condescending <laughs> prick, and the 19th so favorite source for Bills and Sabres news and gave recaps among nearly all Buffalo fans as well. Dude, how many people say, oh my God, I can't wait to read John World's next article about the Sabres 6-4 loss at the New York Islanders last night? Robin Mundy, she loves him. That's why I don't follow her because she for Robin. him all the time. And I I'm got like, no yeah, problem with Robin, but yeah. she's a nice girl. But like, yeah, I don't need to see that. But I'm not. You asked like who likes him? Like she does, but I don't know. Like I said, dude, like he's he's just well. Uh, yeah. where, I mean, where look, you're right, the attention like, he, I mean, thing his, you're right with. His I, I, his, his remark to you is ma- is mainly like when he says you wouldn't know that. It's mostly like, oh, you're not a writer, Pat. Like you're like right. That's what I'm t- and that's what I hate about him. But you just said yeah. it before. You said the, the attention thing. You know, someone, because somebody tweeted him, goes, can you guys keep doing this for a couple of weeks? Because somebody was entertained. And John said, it seems pretty one-sided already. And Patrick's already run out of retorts. I'm like, what? I just called you a Sabres nut licker. And all kind, I'm already out of retorts? He's like that boxer who, delusional fighter, who, who thinks he's winning the fight because my arm's getting tired from punching him in the head so much. So in his book, he's winning the fight. Nah, Not that it's a fight, so. you know. I'm I, being, I get it. I'm being I get figurative here, but yeah. I don't know. Whatever. I just, I just like look. I, I'm for you. Like, like I said, I, I, I tweeted like I'm retiring from my world critique because like you, you smashed it with that tweet. But like, like I said, it's just kind of like 
I don't know. Uh, like I said, I, when you when you he does not he does not have an interest in getting better and like any of I've tried to be a little bit fair and yes I have made fun of him too while doing it but he doesn't he doesn't want to hear it and I think he just does this for attention and I'm like I, I don't want to give him the attention I don't even like talking about him like unless it's something like pre- pre- big happens you know what I mean like even with that like he's, stress relief know, bro he, he's Tough, just, crazy yeah, he's world just stress idiot. relief he's stress release for me man no hey if you, if you get off and you're happy when you when you tell him off, then I salute to you. I had that, like, for, like, I was happy when I would, like, tell him he fucking sucked. And, you know, I, I felt good about it, and I would get DMs from everyone being like, ah, screw that guy. And, yeah, but then after a while, I was kind of like, ah, you know, he's just a, he's just useless. He's just a dumb hippie, you know, <laughs> that lives on Elmwood. That's it. I'm just like, you know, I don't know, whatever. And we got we got viruses coming to kill us right now. Trump is an idiot. Joe Biden is 100 years old. Like, we're going to hell. And then a hand basket, and I'm like, I, I don't really care to waste my energy on that guy because we're we're all fucking fucked. Well, that's <laughs> a way to. I'll tell you what. What a perfect way to end a podcast yeah. with a little the, little bit of rock the, and roll at the end. Is that's it's just the most fitting way to do it. Yo, so you are back on Twitter. So everyone out there, follow Joe on Twitter at Buffalo Winds, bro. Stay safe. Big ass Thank city, you. lot going on. Crazy oh, world, crazy all over hey, the I place. I want to ask but, you something. What do you what do you think about WrestleMania being? Like, what the hell are they doing with the whole, like, doing two locations or in front of no fans? The honest truth is a lot of people where I live down here near Tampa are disgusted and sick about it. Sure, WWE is, too. I know that they're losing, like, $22 million, I read, by not having WrestleMania in Tampa. So, sucks for them. Sucks for 60,000, 70,000 fans. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I still, before any of this coronavirus stuff come, I made a decision I wasn't going to go. Didn't want to spend the money. I got a lot of things going on, including one of them. Real quick here. My daughter's graduating from the Air Force. She has her uh, boot camp graduation in Texas in mid-April. And I was going to that and saving my money for that trip. Of course, obviously, that's canceled now so because of the virus. So that's not happening. But I was never going to go to Tampa for WrestleMania anyway. Having said that, it's just weird. It's re- I- I've tried it's a little bit on SmackDown last Friday. And then a little bit on Monday Night Raw on Monday. And even a little bit of AEW and NXT on Wednesday. I just, the, the whole empty arena stuff, I, I just can't get with it. And it's one thing to try to do these promos and I get what they're doing now. But to have WrestleMania two nights and I guess they're going to have different. How are they going to do that? How are they going to pull that off? I mean, I know that physically what they're going to do. It's just, I can't see it working. And the people I feel most bad for are... The wrestlers out there who have built up to have their big moment, you know, that WrestleMania big moment. Drew McIntyre is probably going to win and beat Brock Lesnar. That This is his big crowning achievement, the big night. He's going to do it in an empty arena. It just feels empty. I mean, you know, use what, the word do, you, empty what do you think they should do, though? I think they should not have WrestleMania until At all. I, I don't. I think they should have WrestleMania shoot for July or August and push SummerSlam back a month. I don't know. I'd rather have it, even if it's rushed together with angles and matches. I think wrestling is about entertainment, dude. It's like if you go to a, a movie theater and, and nobody's there, it's just, it, it's just, or you go to a concert, I should say, not a movie. You go to a concert and you're the only person in the crowd. It just doesn't feel the same. It's the energy from the fans. That's what makes wrestling great. I don't want to watch Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre wrestle in a, a match with no fans there. There's nothing to that. You take him, you take Rhea Ripley. This is going to be her big WrestleMania moment against Charlotte Flair, win or lose. Shayna Baszler, some of these people are finally going to get their big breakout moment. And it's just going to be weird in front of an empty crowd. I would push it back. I would have it 
I, I don't know where to have it, whatever, whatever city it's going to be. I get it. They've lost Tampa. That ship has sailed. WrestleMania has sailed for April. Have it in the summer sometime because maybe, I don't know if things will be back to normal. That might be a little premature to say that, but maybe you could at least have crowds again at shows. You can't have WrestleMania. What I'm getting at, my long-winded answer here, how the fuck are you going to have WrestleMania with no crowd? It just doesn't work for me or any wrestling show with no crowd. Yeah, I, I don't I don't get why they just don't postpone it. Because they're, they're going to, not only you, you said Tampa Bay is losing $22 million or whatever, WWE is losing money, you know, by doing this. Like, well, don't you want that big payday? Like, let's just say, let's just say everything gets kind of semi back to normal in June or July. Like, why can't you just have it then? And like, I, I know it's tough. Like, what do you do? You're like, you know, you, you maybe figure out injury angles for like your big main people. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the matches you need to care yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. Like, that know. I get that. You're yeah. That's a great point. That's tough. How do you, if you're going to have this, let's just pretend it's going to be late July, early August. If we were, if they were listening to us and they postpone it, how do you keep Randy Orton and edge alive right. until then? How do you keep Brock and drew alive and Roman in Reigns? A way, yeah. In a way, real quick, sorry to interrupt. Oh, like if they had just had, if the virus came like before Royal rumble, then you could you could just postpone everything. We'll just let's just say like the world. Let's just say, but you were already in the middle of your storylines of what this was before they started. Because then you could have just said, "All right, hey, let's just push back Orton and Edge. Not not even talk about it. We'll have Orton feud with whoever. Freaking I don't know, like AJ Styles. So like until until that happens. But I don't, you know, I don't mind. Like I wish I actually wish WrestleMania would be two days. I think that would be like if it was like a regular year. I think that would be awesome if you did. You did a a seven o'clock. You did because actually it was like seven hours with the pre-show. I don't know why they just don't do it to where it's like, you know what I mean? Like it's an eight-hour show. That's what they do with Wrestle Kingdom in Japan. That's like their WrestleMania. They do it over two nights. But anyways, like I just think like yeah, you're right. There's no arena. There's no ambiance. There's no pyro. There's none of that. It's not. This is. It's not going to be electric whatsoever. They should just. It's tough. I get it. Because then what the hell do you do? Like with the storylines. But then again. Do injury angles with Goldberg, like uh, and Roman, and like four, four of those. I would say that the, the title matches are the ones you have to worry about, really. You know what I mean? Like figure out, like get those, get out of those angles, and then just pull, pull rigmarole bullshit out. Like, How about you, you just know? shut it down right now? Just shut it down, and maybe on Mondays and Fridays yeah. you have you air documentaries or you air. Uh, classic matches or something like that and just shut it Vince, down until you get an idea Vince, of when you're going to do it. I know, but are they making money right now? Are they are they drawing fans? Maybe they did the first week because I, I, I was intrigued. I'm like, well, how's this going to work? Empty arena, Stone Cold, this and that, which, by the way, I was so stupid on Monday. But I was dumb, intrigued. Yeah. But I'm not intrigued anymore. I'm done watching wrestling until there's audiences again. I'm not going to watch another episode of any it's of that shit. It's not even like the... Did, did you watch AEW last night? I on Wednesday, on Wednesday night, I watched a, a very minimal amount of it. But I saw a couple highlights on Twitter. Okay, it was good. Like, it was it it, it was a wrestling show. Yeah. Like, there... No, but it was. That's That's been part of the problem, I think. Because, like, I don't need to see the Royal Rumble again, you know, for an hour and a half. I saw it already. I saw the Elimination Chamber match. You know, I think if they if they treated it more seriously, maybe where like it was it was tried to do it like a regular, but that's the thing they can't because you only can have like what like forty people at a, at a place. I don't even I don't know. There's all these rumors going around that, that like they're they're pretending to have this show to get insurance money. Like there's like that rumor that's like a rumor around the campfire, and they they think Orlando's gonna shut shut them down, and so they'll be able to get like some sort of insurance money. 
and then they would have WrestleMania at a different location in June while pocketing the insurance money because Florida would have canceled on them. That's the rumor around the campfire. And I'll be honest with you, Pat, I find that to be way more truthful because why the hell would you waste all that money for it to be in front of no one when you have 70,000 people that are paying freaking a fortune to, to go to WrestleMania, to all those shows, when you could just post it on, in July? Like, think about, like, I just, I, it, 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 I, I don't, Vince cares more about making money than anything. Like oh, there's no question about that. By the way, Hall of Fame has been postponed for a future date and other stuff, NXT TakeOver, I think, as well, and some other stuff. I don't know. It's a disaster. I just, I, I, I kind of feel like it should be like other sports. Just shut it down for now. Because, right. by the way, there's minimal wrestling, at least in WWE anyway. I'm not a big AEW guy, but WWE, they're not really having matches anyway. It's more interviews and angles. You need to watch AEW. AEW is much better. I just like it. It's alternative. It's fun. You saw like last, like Harper I do Page. watch a little of it. I just, again, my interest in wrestling is just waned in general. No, I and got this, it. And this yeah. has kind of made it worse. And let's say they do. All right. So they are going through with WrestleMania and I think it's going to be a disaster, but let's just say they do that. What do you do after that? Okay. Let's say this goes until that's April 5th. I think so. they're doing it April 4th and 5th, the two night When's if this goes until, say, mid-May before you can start to have any kind of gatherings again? What the hell are they going to do for the next month? They can't, you're going to shoot new angles with no arenas? It's just not going to work, man. But that's what they're going to do, man. I mean, you could get creative if you wanted to, to have, like, things in, like, different locations. I don't, like, like you remember how, like, Matt Hardy had, that like, that Hardy? Yeah, that, that and built, you're, like, I think you're going to see that at WrestleMania, too. I think, I, I. I think I read something about how they're going to have some kind of creative locations and for some of these matches and stuff. Yeah, but. I mean, you could you could maybe try to do it docu style like like that. Like you have like a one camera guy and you have I don't know like I'm going to your I'm going to your house next week, Randy Orton, and I'm taking the camera out or something. I don't hey, know, like, here's funny as we yeah. as we wind this in in fact wrestling talk right now. We're taping this late Thursday night. I'm literally just reading a report that just came out that they're talking about. Then WrestleMania is not even might not even be live. They're talking about pre-taping it next week yeah. before. Just don't have it, man. Just postpone yeah. it. That's so stupid. That's I, like it's Vince's fucking whole. Like he wants to make money, but on the other side, he he's like the show must go on, pal. And I don't even like. I get what he he probably wants people to like forget, like oh, like away from their times and you know, like all this stress. Like that's what they're we're they're there for for stress relief. But it's like. Yeah, it's a little bit of a stress relief, but it sucks. You know, it's like you, you're right. Like it's not even in front of uh, fans. It's weird. I, mean, I don't know. It's it's all messed I up. It's, it's, I don't know. Anyways, yeah, okay. I, I got no more takes. Let's wrap <laughs> it up, buddy. We'll talk soon, man. Take stay safe. Thank you, man. All right, folks. That is going to do it for this episode. Very big thank you again, my man, recurring guest, Joe from New York City. Buffalo wins on Twitter. Always a good time having him on. Big shout out to show supporters, Audimute, Sounds Assured, and of course, 26 Shirts. Coming up on the show next Tuesday. I mean, everything's fluid. You never know in today's world. But as of right now, I'm slated to talk to Elvin Silva, and we're going to talk Buffalo Bills fantasy football impact from some of the moves that they've made so far this offseason. That'll be good stuff. Guys, if you have not done so already, please go ahead, subscribe to this podcast, rate and review, 
all that fun stuff. Only takes you a minute to do. And I say it all the time. It really helps me continue to grow this podcast. Also, check out the Moranalytics podcast YouTube channel. That is completely different. I have highlight clips from current and past episodes up there, as well as some original audio content that you'll only find there. Again, Moranalytics podcast on YouTube. Then, of course, last but not least, follow me on Twitter at Pat Moran Tweets. Constantly tweeting out podcast updates, polls, prize pack giveaway stuff. Just going back and forth with people on Twitter. I'm there all the time at Pat Moran Tweets. Thank you so much for listening. I literally say it at the end of every episode because it matters most to me. I know how many podcasts are out there. I know the competition is fierce. And when you're listening to this show, I don't care where you are. It really humbles me. means a lot to me. So thank you very much. Have a good weekend. Most importantly, stay safe. Do what you're supposed to do. Have a good one. Be back. Brand new show next Tuesday. I'll catch you on the flippity flip. Bye. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.